And welcome to another episode of Two Medics and One Mic. Your presenters are Imran Lasker and Thrusha Gudwatna. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Dr. Lasker. I'm a consultant radiologist. Hi, I'm Thrusha Gudwatna, cardiology registrar with a special interest in intervention. And we have a special guest with us today. We have been working on it for quite a while, but, you know, it was, the public wanted it, didn't they? There was a vote, there was a retweet, there were people really asking for this. So go on, our special guest for this week is... Uh, I'm Philip Lee. I am a consultant elderly care physician and acute physician, and I have no interest whatsoever in interventional cardiology. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not under any threat there. Oh, boom, nice. <laughs> you smashed him down. Yay, we've got uh, Phil on the show. There's, I think we had our resident, what, Taylor Swift, who was really pushing for Phil to come on the, uh, come on this week. So, um, I mean, you know, once Tay, once Tay has been invoked, I can't really say no, can I? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there you go. This podcast should be just uh, dedicated to Taylor Swift, shouldn't it, really? Oh, it really should be. It's the unofficial tribute to uh, to Taylor Swift, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I actually changed the description on my Twitter account recently. Um, I changed it to, um, yeah, because, you know, I was getting a little bit of heat early in this week. And I thought, you know what, like people say stuff like not my opinion and all that kind of stuff. So I just said this is not the greatest Twitter account. This is just a tribute so that at least, you know, oh, very you know, at least that way, if anything, it does come back and he's like, it's just a tribute account. I don't know whose account this really is. That's anyway. a fantastic uh, Jack nice. Black reference. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a nice song as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So um, it's been a it's been a crazy week, hasn't it, this week? And we've had a massive, uh, a massive tweet that came in literally today, which we will be going through. Um, but we've got so many things to talk about. So uh, through show, what's been going on on uh, on Twitter this week? What's been going yeah. on? What's been going on? Well, the thing is, as the week goes on, like um, stuff comes in, right? And then in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I've added these things to talk about. And then I'm like, what? But then there's the recent stuff that really kind of like uh, jumps out. I guess like one of the things I thought was really cool um, that I saw on Twitter last week was the um, French vaccination campaign video, which is really emotive. Like I watched it and um, I was just like, oh, we'll get through this together, people. And it kind (laughs) of, um, it was lovely, right? And then I thought... Um, I guess it's probably because I spend a lot of time on Netflix or whatever that I haven't really seen much of the UK. Um, mm. But then you guys had seen different things, right? Yeah. What do you think? So I think that there was an ad campaign, wasn't there, to try and encourage younger people to get the vaccine. And I think one of the big problems is that so far a lot of young people that, that you talk to, they, I mean, I don't think there's any lack of willingness of wanting to get the vaccine. It's just that they haven't reached their turn yet. Mm. And um, I think now that it's being rolled out, hopefully we, we just need to keep pushing. Um, mm. it really, it, like, it's just a race against time now, isn't it? It's you know, trying to track that variant before it takes off again. I mean, it's so important that we do get vaccinated. And it is nice to see that the uh, the French are really pushing it with a really lovely campaign. I mean, from my point of view, I haven't seen much from the UK in terms of advertising campaign beyond the the idea that, I mean, they keep throwing out there like it's the minorities are not taking it up. And they had like Nadi Hussein play part of their campaign and she was speaking Bengali. Uh, and maybe that's just me being particularly receptive to what's out there. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen much in the way of a general campaign the way the, the French did it, um, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, and quite good on the French because you know usually they're not exactly the beacons of you know um, freedom and stuff no. when, uh, when it comes to uh, certain other things. So um, you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Like you know like how you're not aware, allowed to wear religious attire yeah. outside and yeah. all this kind of thing. I mean, so, yeah, kind of being overly prohibitive on on this kind of stuff 
which the French are, they, they, they've got this big thing called La Cité where they split it between the church and the state and they kind of say, oh, religion and the state must never cross, but you can just way take it over the line the other way as well. So you're actually just restricting people's freedom just as much as you're trying to protect them. So yeah, yeah. and also in, in France, there's a big like anti-vax type thing going on in the background that people are much more likely to be vaccine skeptic. I think in the UK, when the government did try and put something out previously, they, they got a lot of stick for putting it out, saying, oh, it's not that we don't want to have the uh, jab, which we, we haven't been offered it. I, I Sometimes, like, I feel a little bit bad for the government. A little Phil, bit. Not, Phil, not I've got to stop you there. I can't, oh, you've just, uh, can't believe you called it a jab. <laughs> can't believe you called oh, it a jab. Oh, oh you no, went for it. You went for it. Completely yeah. under, you've just ruined <laughs> yeah. it now. I can't. Yeah, it's, Why would it's you? very... It's very assaulty. It's very assaulty. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us nicely on to that tweet, wasn't it, Thrusha? What was that tweet about? Someone well, having an issue with the yeah. fact that, that the jab is being called a jab. It's the, the yeah. wording that's the problem. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's from a sepsis man uh, who uh, kind of coasted saying, like, <laughs> it's really weird, actually. He, he, he said that he was offended, even though he'd, like, tweeted about it using the word jab. But it's okay when he uses it or something, I don't know. Or maybe he'll apologise about it, I don't know. But uh, he said that it undermines the vaccines because, what, does it evoke violence? Does it make you think of a pugilist? <laughs> or something, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> well, yeah, or we're getting punched in the face by, by a boxer or something. I don't know, like, what is it? I haven't been trained in how to give the vaccine, so I, I don't know what oh. it involves. But like, I, I do take a run up. Is that what it is? <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe there is some violence to that we're we're not aware of. You know, like uh, maybe it is a violent event that that can happen to someone when they get that jab, like an you know, overarm swing into the deltoid and then shout for the queen well, as it goes in. Phil, speaking of overarm swing, I think you had the opportunity to give someone the overarm oh. arm swing today, didn't you? You, you had, the, oh, you had no. the opportunity to really throw it at you know, a particular person. Who did you meet today? Who was that? Who was it? What, what happened? Uh. So, so I was coming back from a coffee break, um, went outside to get a coffee, which is always a mistake. Came back and there, there was already quite a big crowd when I left, when I got, came in. There was, uh, loads of people in the front of the hospital and the chief exec was there and I kind of said to her, oh, you know, only went out for coffee. There's no need to, um, to you know, throw such a big welcome party. Come back. <laughs> anyway, she, she uh, laughed in that very tolerant fashion that she did when I, when I cracked a joke. And she says, oh, here's um, Matt Hancock. I don't believe you've met. So I don't know the background. You know the background to this. This, this is the morning that Matt Hancock tweeted that um, he and the government introduced dexamethasone to the NHS last year. I made some comments about it this morning. And, and Matt and I, <laughs> I have, have, you know, have sparred before on Twitter. So we had a very awkward moment in which we elbow bumped and then we both had to pretend for the sake of civility that we didn't really know each other. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Um, you know, you so need wait. to just have a bath. I, yeah, I don't know what to say, Phil. You know, I mean, you I, had your opportunity. I pureled <laughs> my whole elbow. That's just so much out. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be pure. <laughs> How did you not know he wasn't uh, he wasn't going to be there? Weren't you part of the WhatsApp group? Or? No, no one told us. I think uh, it's not just him, because if it was him, then we'd usually find out quite quickly. But I think him and Prince Charles were there to open ICU. Oh, um, wow. Like a, a new ICU. So it, there, there's obviously a lot of security when it comes to the Royals and stuff. So, yeah. Man, there's a, a lot of perks of working at Chelsea, eh? You know? Yeah. I'm, I used to work at Chelsea. That's where I bumped into you again, Phil, because actually people might not know this. I used to be uh, Phil's F1. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, part of the reason I decided not to do ward rounds as any, anymore and become a radiologist may have <laughs> been was, to do with those care of the elderly ward rounds. That was extremely traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, they were they were horrendous. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, and you know, I did spend some time at Chelsea, and it's a fanciest place, isn't it? It's a, it's a wonderfully uh, fanciest place, and everyone's got everyone's got a Chihuahua. Is that have I remember that incorrectly? But there was there's lots of Chihuahuas around. You know, I used to walk into the post office, and they'll be like. Everyone holding chihuahuas in, in the post office. I'll have you know that we, we we only now have two therapy dogs after the pandemic. So oh wow, okay, good for you, man. Good only for you. one of them is a chihuahua. Yeah, and um, like the in-house cinema has mm. not been opened for for months, which is very distressing. You and have an in-house cinema. Yeah, Chelsea, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, do. they do. Yeah, it's nice, yeah. man. It's very fancy. Um, very fancy. The, the artisanal, handmade bagel trolley has not been round for months. And frankly, I can't really work under these conditions anymore. <laughs> this is mental. Like all the hospitals, I'm, I'm obviously I work in East of England, and all the, you know, the most that we get was will probably be like a W8 Smith, which has like you know a meal deal. A meal but, deal. Uh, yeah. You've got a, a cinema, an artisanal bagel. I mean, that's just crazy. Isn't yeah, it? it's, wow. it's it's fancy out there. To it's be fair, different league. To, to try and keep it real, like I just go to Subway at least twice a week. Uh, just, yeah. Oh yeah, you got to keep it real. You know, I used to love the good thing about Chelsea was the restaurants in the area, and I remember I don't know if Carluccio's is still open across the road but it used to be when i was there is that still there that's gone uh, it became oh. a coats brasserie and then that's gone so mm. yeah i don't know what it's going to become oh man it's such a shame i used to go there every lunchtime and actually i remember i threw do you remember me telling you about this like i was um i went to get some lunch and then there was this lady who's coming out of Carluccio's and she was holding loads of boxes and then she opened the door and kept it open and i thought that's really nice of you you're holding the door open me that's really great so oh, thanks a lot and i stepped through and i heard and i thought one earth hit my foot and it, and it was her dog. She was holding the door open for her dog and the dog went sort of flying back into the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> and, then, and then the woman just looked at me and goes, did you just kick my dog? Did you just kick my dog? He just kicked my dog. And I was like, no, 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 I, did, I didn't see, I didn't, sorry, I'm so sorry. And you could just tell like the people in Carlucho was gonna spit in my food. They were gonna go piss in my drink. Yeah, oh, it was it was gonna be horrendous. I just had to take it, pretend like nothing happened. I apologize as much as I could. You kicked your dog. Yeah, embarrassed. I did it by accident, man. I couldn't see it was so small, a little chihuahua. It was impossible to see. I, I was looking at her and I was like, nodded, thanks man. And boom. Yeah. We are the hit. capital of tiny dogs. It really is. Actually, have you seen that guy who walks down the road of the parrot? He's got two parrots yes. on his shoulder. Yeah. He's still around. Amazing. Yeah, he's still around. Amazing. Um, two, the big blue macaws. That's right. Big, That's right. Yeah, blue yeah. parrots. Yeah, yeah. He's still around. Wow. I haven't seen him much as much during the pandemic. But the other mm. thing we had was one of the neighbours who has a beagle. Um, they bring it in during the pandemic and like kind of on the front, they do a photo <laughs> on Instagram every week of it dressed as something else. Our chief, our, our COO loves it, so I can't say anything bad about the beagle. But. Wow. Okay, man. Anything for social media, isn't it? Yeah. You got to, you got to keep going. How have you found social media, Phil? We we did have a, a conversation about, it, and you had a bit of a, a tussle. Which then I made a reaction video about. It. Do you remember? You had a bit of a, a, a run in, would we say? Oh yeah, with, with my friend Michael. Um, yes, Michael. So uh, the way I always see social media is is. is um, a kind of fun thing that you do, you, it helps you keep in touch with people, other people, like-minded people. Mm. It's very easy, as you said before, to fall into an echo chamber, and it's important mm. to get different opinions. But sometimes people are just out to be nasty, and um, you know, and I do understand quite often why people just back off from social media completely and take breaks and stuff. It's mm. like like those Paddy Power adverts, isn't it? When the fun stops, stop. 
So mm. if it suddenly yeah. becomes not fun for you and you get anxious or worried about it, mm. I often kind of completely understand people who step away from it. But I think mm. I I don't know if Michael just caught me a, 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 in a bad moment because I was yeah. I, I fired yeah. back without, yeah, just without much reserve. It was pretty out of order. Whoever that, was. I mean, literally, they what they must have looked at one photo of you and thought you're fat, right? And it's such a pure, like a such a juvenile thing. And they're like, oh, for a doctor, you're really fat. You're a fatty. And then you you came back, man. You you went. That was funny, man. Hit. It was awesome. Yeah, it was good, man. It was brave. You went and called him the c word, and I had to I actually got in trouble for making a video about that. And my wife was very upset with me, <laughs> saying that I should have I should have blanked that out. Oh god, I got into a lot of trouble. It, it did yeah. remind me of being back on the wards when. And people would be like, oh, why did you do that? And I'd be like, oh, uh, Phil, Phil Tummy. And I'd just why. deny it. I'd just be like, no, no, I didn't. Yeah. Imran's gone rogue again. Uh, <laughs> but Imran, I mean, you didn't yeah. exactly escape the week on skate, did you? I mean, uh, no, Imran versus yeah. patient. I mean, what, what was that about? Patient yeah, so all I did was that I was, I was reporting and a particular scan request came up and it said, indication, pa- patient wants MRI. And I thought, it's not very useful. I mean, how am I going to really know what's really going on in this person if you just yeah. say the patient wants it? I mean, I get it. Everyone wants a scan, really. I mean, I'd love to have a scan if I was sick. So Yeah, I'd have an MRI. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're sick, you'd, you'd get a scan. Why not? I mean, that's what you'd want. So I'm not surprised that the patient wanted MRI, but that's not a reason. That's not an indication. So that's what I put. But I started getting a lot of... Uh, a lot of um, people, yeah, pe- like people saying that, you know, um, that's really out of order. So what if the patient wants it? And this is exactly the problem. You're not communicating with patients. And it just went on and on. And I tried to reply and explain like, that it's, I'm not taking a dig at patients. I'm taking a dig at my colleagues who can take the joke, I hope. Actually, that's not always true. But they can take, most of them can take the joke and it's a joke about them. And then, you know, Thrusha, you're all right. You're like, listen, mate, just block them. Just as soon as you, and as soon as you block them, the better. And actually, when I look back, it was a good thing to block them because we're probably doing both ourselves a favor or both each yeah. other a favor yeah. because clearly they're not in a place of understanding to understand the kind of material that I put out and I'm going to upset them by, you know, saying thing. And maybe the learning point is that I should be careful when I have the word patient in a tweet because it can be misinterpreted, right? I mean, that's that's what we, we see that. I mean, uh, to be fair, like, you, uh, you were basically... Your critique was obvious, right? This person has sent you a request and that was all of the clinical history. You haven't seen the patient. So, mm. you know, that's all you have. That's mm. all you've got to go on. Patient wants mm. it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, but what am I looking for? Like, you know, what do I have to pay special attention to? No idea. You know, just, mm. I'll just look at everything. That's fine. You know, that's, but I mean, like just a uh, clinical correlation and all that, right? I did, I did feel bad for you. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel you were saying that people... People look for certain phrases. Have you, yeah. you you've said that, isn't it? That they'll look yeah. for phrases being brought up and then make it fit what they want, right? Bicycle helmets being a, a prime mm. example. <laughs> if you yeah. if you want an, an evening of high blood pressure, just um, tweet something about bicycle helmets. That's a, that's yeah. a good one. And obviously within Med Twitter itself, there's people who who um, have very strong views about airways uh, and. Mm. Um, uh, things being written on certain garments or clothing which goes on one's head it's crazy some of the stuff that triggers people right and i mean you see you can kind of see it like i mean with the helmets i suppose people uh, there are a certain sect of society that thinks helmets are dangerous right yep. and then they'll look Correct. for tweets about helmets and then they'll go at you because you know you may have said something positive or negative that fits that particular thing and actually phil you mentioned that with the cpr of that that guy the the football player this week yeah, you know people yeah exactly ericsson he there was a footballer who ended up having to have cpr in the yes, middle of the pitch yeah. and that was quite a shocking event for for anyone that ended up having to watch that and you said phil that there were some people who tried to manipulate 
integrate that into yeah, whatever agenda so, they were talking about. I mean, that's a particularly egregious example, really. Mm. I mean, we quite a lot of us saw the the, the events. I mean, I was watching, um, I was cooking and half nipping in and out and watching the football. And then mm. the first time I noticed something was wrong was when they defibrillated him. You can see him jerking on the pitch. Now, mm. fortunately, he came round very quickly. Um, mm. And as we now know, he's doing quite well. I thought that's a really moving tribute they did for him today in the Belgium-Denmark game. Mm. Mm. Having said that, one of the things that you notice almost immediately is people started questioning, kind of saying, oh, um, maybe he's had, well, we think he's had the COVID vaccine. That's why he developed mm. a myocarditis and, and collapsed. And, you know, that's already, like, the next day been completely debunked by, by his uh, his doctors. But you get a lot of people who kind of say, oh, I am very concerned. I'm asking legitimate questions. Mm. And fine, that's fine. That's kind of what social media is for. But mm. also, you have to bear in mind that uh, a lot of people have an agenda. So mm. a lot of these people, you look back at their tweets, it's just all like, well, the vaccine is a conspiracy, it's a case-demic or whatever it is that people say, which we, we read a million times a day. Mm. It's so exhausting, isn't it? Because people will ask questions sometimes and you think it's, I mean, the problem is it's not in good faith. Yeah. And mm. like, I noticed it in particular with Imran because what they did was they mentioned employers and stuff and all this kind of stuff. And you mm. can tell straight away that this person's not acting in good faith. Yeah. And so, but there, there is this kind of, I think there's a feeling uh, that I certainly still have when I block someone. I feel kind of, it feels kind of rough, like, like I, wa- I want to be like, I don't have anything to hide. Mm. At the same time, that's not the reason why I'm blocking someone. I was just kind of interested in how you go about it because I noticed um, there was this other thread uh so it was a really kind of um, a real back and forth between some uh, an A&E consultant and some GPs, right? Yeah. And um, in the end, uh, someone, uh, another doctor colleague got blocked and the person who blocked them kind of announced that they were blocking them, to which <laughs> another person replied going, fragile, that was like the only comment. Mm. But it was just like an interesting interaction because I'm like, one, the blocking, and should you announce that you block someone or is that also aggressive by... Um, it's actually, and then the other response, which is fragile, like, is it fragile to block? I mean, what do you think about that interaction? Mm. I, I mean, that really is what, what now that you've, you've kind of laid it out like that, it really does sound like kind of kindergarten playground drama. It? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, I am not talking to him, so you are going yeah. to have to talk to this person through the other person. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. ignore you, I'm going to pretend you don't exist. I mean, I, I. The way I see it, there's almost like a tariff of punishments when it comes to people who, who offend you on Twitter. Is that you can just ignore them, you mm. can um, uh, mute them. Mm. Uh, sometimes I think muting someone's worse than blocking because yeah. that's just like you just leave them out in the desert. They'll just keep yeah. screaming into the wild. Into the like, void. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a thing called a soft block, which uh, I, I'm kind of a fan of. Like people like, mm. yeah. you block someone and unblock them, which forces them to unfollow you, and that pretty sends a pretty strong message and Hmm. then there's obviously the full block what i quite like is i don't know if you read this a couple of weeks ago there's a thing called a nuke did you read about the nuke tweet no No, i don't know this so if you ever see a a tweet that's so egregious like i don't know some (laughs) some guy said oh um all immigration to the uk is is bad you know Hmm. uh, foreigners should go home you can um go to that tweet copy the link and put it into a, an address and basically it will block the person who tweeted it, block anyone who follows them and block anyone who liked the tweet. So wow. yeah, wow. 
that's a, that's, that's a, crazy. That's a nice little thing because then I mean you kind of you know if you don't like anti-vaxxers, you don't want to hear about that kind of thing. You just block the entire th the entire yeah. cohort so, of people that feel that way, right? I mean, so there's good and bad because obviously mm. the bad is you you wind up just tightening up your echo chamber. You mm. you basically don't mm. know what's happening kind of outside your little comfort zone. And mm. sometimes what you think is the right thing or a popular thing might not necessarily always be the case. I mean, it depends on what you're on Twitter for in the first place, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. if you're there truly for just entertainment, then you, you, you're well within your right to choose the entertainment that you want. I mean, you yeah. know, you don't, you're not forced to watch whatever it is on Netflix. Like, you know, back in the day when you only had like, what, five channels and you had to watch whatever was on at that time. You had no choice. But now you can you can choose what you want and if that's the way you you do things and that's the way you do things um but i think there can be a lot learned from listening I and mean, you know like even with that altercation that i had i think there is some reflection to be to have had from that and that you know i should maybe be a bit more careful about including the word patient yeah. the next time i make uh, make a tweet just on um, the off chance right? i think people people kind of you've got to understand their starting point might well be that they felt all along mm. it's very hard for them to get the diagnosis it's been mm. very hard because healthcare professionals they felt mm. haven't listened to them they may not understand yep. the process that actually reading the case history helps a radiologist to read the scan and mm. also to prioritize who should get it first so i think mm. there's a, quite a lot of it that's just about understanding things from the other person's perspective um, yeah exactly like the whole a and e gp thing um i you know i went to um, one of our regular kind of hospital management meetings recently where actually they they were talking about gps and face-to-face -face, um, contact etc now you talk to a lot of patients they are telling you it's hard to get face-to-face -face. the gps are going to work, we're working our butts off to try and see people but what I don't think, if you look at the data, what people don't often understand is just the amount that primary care is already doing. Mm. It's a bit like if the hospital was a tray that's resting, uh, on which rests the big bucket, and the big bucket mm. is primary care and is already full of water. If that bucket even overspills a little bit, it seems like a disaster on the tray, because the tray very mm. quickly fills up with water because it's already half wet. Mm. So even though the capacity and the work they've done has gone up massively, um, because it's now spilling over into secondary care, we're all feeling it. And mm. a recurring theme from your podcast is, are we angry at the right people? No, that is, I mean, that's the problem, right? And I think part of that is to understand what everyone, part of what we're trying to do is understand where other people are coming from and the, the agenda that they may be coming in from. And that agenda can be based on their own experiences of things. And you see that all the time, like, you know, people will take jabs at gps people would take jabs at ed and all the rest of it based yeah. on their own experiences of those particular of those particular things and hopefully most of it is in jest but occasionally you get someone that is actually um not taking that in in jest isn't it and i think sometimes tweets can be so flippant but can mean mean you know can end up having such big repercussions and i don't know if you saw this but there was like someone who seemed quite young i think there might have been a medical school and they tweeted something like, why are we not taught something like financial literacy in, in medical school? And then someone came in, did you see that? And then they came in and said, yeah. uh, you know, it's not, it's not a place for life lessons. You want to learn how to cook as well while you're at <laughs> medical school. And you think, well, that's not very constructive, is it? I mean, what no. did you guys make of that? I just thought, I don't know. I have no financial literacy. Around. I used to think that when you get a mortgage, like the bank would just give you a big sack, like literally a potato sack, <laughs> full of money, cash um. money. And then you have to hand that cash money over to the guy that owns the house and you have to sit down together and count it. That's that's. Oh, wow. 
Why don't we do it that way? That seems so much That's more fun. Great. Maybe we can gold. do gold coins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the way we're thinking. Yep. Uh, Let's get in. Yeah, get in with the gold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think financial literacy is a really important thing. It's a shame we're not taught in schools. And I think I have not always been financially literate, but I've become more financially literate, especially ever since becoming a consultant. And mainly because, you know, I think not so long ago, I talked about how one day I was asked, how much are you worth? And I was like, I don't know. I never thought about how much I'm worth. And then I started to realize that, you know, there is there is two different ways of looking at, you know, your, your life. Like, you know, there is the NHS work, which you kind of just do and you get paid for. And, you know, everything's looked after in terms of tax and taxation, the rest of it. But anything outside of that ends up having to go into some sort of, you know, abyss. You don't know what's happening and you've got to start getting clued up very, very quickly as yeah. to what you're going to do with like, you know, if you do speaking, speaking engagements, they pay you. It's like, All right. What am I doing? That? How's, how's tax going to work on that? And I do think it is worth having some sort of financial literacy and i don't know whether medical yeah. school is a place for it but they should be available in university in general you know just a part of university life yeah true i think the thing is one of the issues i guess was that that um that account was like an anonymous one wasn't it with a picture of jack nicholson hard to tell <laughs> kind of what gen mm. generation that that person was from but mm. um i think interestingly now i mean you've got this you've got these generations of students who um, are paying they're paying a lot of money mm. and uh, and then they are having less uh, pensions that are less good and they mm. get paid uh, comparatively less than those prior generations mm. I, I mean i made the assumption probably wrongly that this is someone who's been around for a while who's mm. kind of making that kind of insensitive comment but, and it's kind of easy to say but mm. i think now understandably they're demanding more and wh why shouldn't they because mm. you know they're paying more for oh, it right. and they're getting paid less for it mm. like they need a bit more help and what you know why sh why shouldn't they be selective about what they're taught i mean they're paying for it why, what they're consumers like mm. why shouldn't they uh, have a course that's kind of tailored to what they want you know and how best to prepare them for life because um you can see that Med school doesn't seem to have gotten easier. There's more stuff, I think, to, mm, kind of, um, yeah. to assimilate. And so um, I think, I, I, and um, that kind of leads on to Zander's uh, mm. thread, which is about the kind of admin from life. Because even, I mean, I'm not financially literate. I don't think the lectures at university might have necessarily helped me because I think I find that it's like a bandwidth issue. Like I find that I feel when I get back from work or whatever, it just seems like another task and mm. I'm fed up of tasks. Do, I just wanna... Do you not find that on your days off, you just find, wind up like spending all of it doing your life admin? Like mm. often, yeah. like you just spend an inordinate amount of time in the post office. It's like, why do, why do all parts of live admin Avoiding end chihuahuas. in the post office? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I hate it. I don't know, yeah. top like tip for new adults, like top tip. Put everything on a direct debit, like everything, everything. <laughs> you might have to pay like a little bit more, but just put everything on a direct debit. So, don't worry yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, top tip for any medical student coming up, I really do think you should take financial literacy seriously. Like I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm generally interested. I think, you know, in the way that people will talk about football, I would happily talk about finances and what to do with your money because to me it's like the biggest game there is out there and arguably one of the most important apart from staying alive obviously <laughs> i think it is one of the most important um, important games there are in, in the world so i think it is it is worth trying to get your head around like where your money is going what you're spending it on and how you can sort of save for the future and i think there is another podcast which i'm going to plug uh, i think it's called medics money and uh, i've started to listen to it recently i mean thankfully i know a fair bit from it already like what they talk about but it's run by someone who used to be an accountant and a financial advisor who is now running this podcast, who's now a GP. And uh, they do a really good job of trying to, it's boring, but it's, it's important. And I think uh, if anyone out there wants to know about it, <laughs> wow. they should know about it. Med yeah. Medics money wow. must really, right. That's, that's, the, that's the precise market we're aiming for. 
boring. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> I'm just saying it's important, you know. I, it's, he's, he's heard our podcast. He's listened to the episodes. He knows what we're about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's important. I, th- I do think it's important. But, you know, when you qualify, you do find yourself snowed under by lots of things. There's what you've got, life admin. Yeah, and then you've got your professional admin. You know, we we're talking about ARCPs. You know, you're coming up to ARCP. You've got everything ready. You think you're, you're, you've got everything going down. And then suddenly you get an email. Did everyone see that? You got an email saying, yeah. what was it? Uh, so so I think it was Millie. Millie uh, tweeted saying that like a week before her ARCP, they got told that the courses that they'd attended would not count towards their requirement for teaching. And so in, so she found out like a week, that, a week before that she was about seven hours deplete or four hours kind of short of their ARCP requirement. I mean, how obtuse and ridiculous, right? I mean, firstly, no, shout no. out to Millie, big fan. Uh, and <laughs> secondly, I mean, yeah, there a lot of these kind of ARCP objectives, they do seem to be that just, I hesitate to use the word tick boxing exercise, but it kind mm. of is a bit that you're like, how many hours of this have you done? How many of that have you done? Have you had a quick packed? Mm. Pack, is that what it's called? Yeah, or how many kexes, how many ATATs? Mm. And fine, if they're completed properly, I'm sure these things have a lot of value. But a lot of the time, you, you see what people do. Because I don't know if people know this, but we, like being on the panel, you can see what mm. time these things are handed in precisely. Mm. And sometimes mm. you can see like people doing six kexes the day before their mm. ARCP. And you've got to ask yourself, I mean, what's the actual value of that? You know, mm. um, but yeah. It- it's interesting you mentioned that, Phil, because I actually got into a lot of trouble for exactly that. But it wasn't my fault because <laughs> I actually sent this guy this guy a whole load of assessments and he just kept delaying, 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 delaying. And then I think the day before, I was like, listen, man, I really need these, these assessments, my, my ARCPs tomorrow. And he was fine. And he logged in. He did them all. And the next morning, I was like, yeah, man, I got my number. I got six. I've got the minimum threshold. There's nothing you lot can do to me. And they said, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, Imran, um, we just noticed that the timestamp of these literally happened this morning I was like, this morning he said he did last night what do you mean this morning come on and then they're like this is not acceptable you know this and i was like oh, of all the things i got the right number this time as well i mean you ought to be like that i did those ar those those cactus for you in good faith oh okay? mate i remember you i mean you're pretty popular anyway as a registrar if i remember correctly but man around around that time when it came to getting assessments everyone was on your case phil like, i feel just chasing me around the building yeah 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 oh you know did you see me do that pr the other day was it a good pr <laughs> would you say that i had the right technique aseptic yeah, nice. and you just had to do assessment after assessment i have no really. concerns no concerns no <laughs> concerns about the pr no perforation was administered during the pr oh nice okay is that the bar you're aiming for i mean like this is a problem with new consultants isn't it because then like, all the regs like they're all, like you're like hey you know because still in first name terms let's get it you know hmm. and just give to them like for assessment. Uh, I, well, I don't know about I me. Mean, my registrar's never seen me. I'm never around. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just like the ghost. I'm like Kazi Sose, you know. I, I, I might exist, I might not exist. <laughs> I limp out the building and then I run the rest of the way out of that place uh, as quickly as I can. I'm going to get in trouble on these days. On these days, uh, you know, my employer's going to be like, all right, look, yeah, you need to shut up now. <laughs> yeah, let's but, change the subject. You know, let's move on. We were talking about like, you know, you got to hit these, you got to hit these milestones. Every single time I've got to get this number of IPEXs, this number of things 
you know, this stuff takes time. Don't you think like, what am I meant to be doing? Am I meant to work on my weekends now? Is that what people want me to do? Work the weekends to, is that what young people should be doing? But young people, I like to still uh, think I'm pretty young. Oh, good segue. But are we, are we, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm known for this. I'm known for this, Phil. <laughs> but um, are we meant to be working the whole weekend to be able to, to get, you know, better ourselves as young people? What do you guys think about this? Uh, well, this is a reference to, well, I mean, it, there's two things, isn't it? There was, mm. there was one, mm. which was a kind of general tweet from someone in industry that basically said that young people should take advantage of their free time because they're not lumbered down by like a spouse or a mortgage or children <laughs> or just, I don't know, aches and pains. And so that they should just work, they should work. But naturally and kind of reassuringly, Twitter came through with venom, didn't it? Like it was, mm. there was yeah. anger. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think, think Philip? Uh, Philip, nineteen seventy nine, uh, is age? Is age a factor? Why should you call him out like that, man? <laughs> you know what? Like a, a few months ago, I did some nights. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I had to do some nights because we were short on registrars, and I went back to doing nights. And I thought I could handle it. I thought that the mind is the mind was ready, and number one, the body was not, and number two, after two nights, nor was the mind. I think, oh, no. the, the first oh, night, I uh, I was very much like. Uh, you know, like, no, nope, I'm going to approach everything like a proper geriatrician. You had a fall. I'm going to take a proper falls history from you. I'm going to ignore <laughs> the urine dip and I'm going to wait for the coach. By night three, I was like augmenting for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, oh, Russell. Russell, like, oh, Russell. Russell. Yay. Um, no, I do think that the work-life balance part is important. Um, I do think that, and I completely understand why nowadays people want to take time out of training. Mm. Uh, they, they want to take time between their F1 and F2 jobs, like back in my day, you know, when, when I was a youngster. Um, hmm. like the, the whole SHO grade um, mm. is supposed partly to be a, a time for you to find out what you want to do. Because mm. you finish being a house officer, you 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 know people go and do various things. I did uh, emergency medicine, or back then A and E, for six months. I really wanted to do emergency medicine, but actually I did those six months, and I found I was much more interested in um, acute and general medicine. So mm. that changed my career path completely. So I kind of understand that you know people wanting to take time out and, and things, and I can completely get that perspective. I mean, mm. you want the memories of your twenties to be pleasant. But I'm not sure all of my memories of my 20s are that pleasant. <laughs> a lot of them seems to involve sticking big needles to people in, in A&E, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's interesting because um, that does lead me on to a question that I had for you because um, there was that other tweet, which was a, from a PA who was saying that, well, I, you know, I actively wanted to be a PA overdoing uh, medicine uh, because I feel like I wanted to enjoy my 20s, um, which is okay, was something I've already covered. But the other side of things that she said was, um, when I finish, I could pretty much apply myself to any area, which was, I thought mm. was really interesting. She's like, you can't do that as an MD. Like, and mm. it kind of reminded me of our training route, which is very regimented. Like, once you end up, like, decide, I want to go down this course, then you're kind of stuck. Or at least you have to kind of start again, like snakes and ladders. Mm. Uh, but you kind of tailored your job. Like, how did how did that come about? And how, was it difficult to, to tailor in that way? I mean, how did you do it? So I really like what I do. Um, I think it's, it's a good mix between one third being a clinical director for medicine, one third being a consultant geriatrician, another um, just over a third being an acute physician. Um, I think I kind of got in the, the door when acute medicine was still developing and sort right. of found a niche where I can fit um, doing acute medicine, working on AAU, which I love, um, and mm. kind of being on take, being at the front door. 
with looking after older people who need、mm. that care at the front door, doing frailty、um, assessments and kind of helping them get out of hospital as, as quickly as we can,、uh, and、mm. then doing the leadership side of it as well. I think I kind of just fell into a lot of it.、Mm. Um, what helped was I went through that that particular year where everyone got an interview because of the modernising medical careers. Fiasco from、mm. many moons ago.、Um, okay. So they gave everyone an interview in the specialty of their choice, and the specialty of my choice at the time was actually elderly care. But、mm. you know, the bits that I really enjoyed doing my training was actually just being a med reg. And you know, I, I know it's going to make me sound weird. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that does make you sound weird. Mehul tells me I'm weird every day when I work with him、uh, <laughs> for, for saying this, but like. I, you know, I happily go back to do do that for the drop of a hat. I, I really like it. You know what, Phil? I, I, if I remember correctly, you may you may need to correct me about this, but I remember I came into work as an F1, and everyone was telling me, "Oh, mate, did you hear that?、Uh, there was like two regs on last night, two regs." And I'm like, "What do you mean there's two regs? You only have one reg." I was like, "No, no, no. Someone stayed back. Someone stayed back, and you know, stayed to do like work." And that was you, Phil. You actually hung back after work, all the way through beyond your hours to do. More re- med reg work, and so there was、what? two med regs. Yeah, I know. If I remember this correctly, Phil,、uh, I'm very sure that's exactly what happened. what happened in there. What happened?、Uh, so this was.、Um, I mean, we can talk about this. This hospital no longer technically exists, nor, nor does the <laughs> trust. But、um, they they had a locum in who was、um, on paper well qualified, but in practice not so much. <laughs> And he,、oh、he was quite confident he could cover the night, and none of the rest of us were so confident. And I kind of just said, "Look, you know, I will, I will stick stick around and help out." So、mm. yeah,、um, good for you, Phil. Yes, yeah. And looking back, actually, probably wasn't the right thing to do、um, because it's one of those things where, okay, immediately made the situation more safe, but then kind of people just count on you to do stuff like that.、Mm. So after a while.、Mm. Um, it's yeah, it got pretty bad. I mean,、um, I, you remember there were a lot of issues at that particular hospital. What hospital was it? Or what does it rhyme with? No, we can't do that. We can't do that. Can't, can't do, do that. Can't do it.、Oh, yeah. So, but I, I do remember. I do remember. Like, for you did actually. Like, whenever whenever you used to have a, an elderly person who was more acutely unwell, you kind of lit up a bit more than usual. Like, I, I remember. Like,、um, <laughs> yeah, I still remember the one patient actually who came in, and they were very profoundly septic. Uh, and then I think that poor patient actually said, you know,、uh, and they were completely delirious, and and they said, and he said, I don't think I'm gonna do very well. And you turned to me, Phil goes, you know what? He's right. <laughs> and I was like, oh really? And then we, you know, we did it. We stuck around. We got like drips into him. We saw the antibiotics. We did everything. And、um, yeah, that was probably the most、uh, you know alive I'd I'd seen you because we had what days of ward rounds sometimes.、Do、you remember like sometimes our ward rounds used to go on to like the Friday afternoon. Do you do、Oof. you remember when our cons- your Our consultants. Oh no,、mm. it might have been the other F one. Sent、yeah. us off to have the swine flu vaccine before no, he had it. it no,、else. I think it was、yeah. the other F one. And we both came back to work the next day, looking like like dog crap warmed <laughs> up. And he he then kind of just.、Oh, I don't think I'm going to have it. <laughs> <laughs>、oh, no. He he was nice. He was lovely. He was really funny as well. Like he was kind of getting on a bit himself, wasn't he? Yeah. And so it was like sometimes when he was talking to the patients, you like you weren't sure which one the geriatric was. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.、Uh, it was really it's really quite fun. Yeah. Well, he, well, he was lovely, lovely man. That's yeah, he was, he the guy.、Mm. So speaking of、uh, like lovely people and supervisors,、um, mm. I, was th- I was thinking about you know so there's that thread about the supervisor who was kind of desperate to know. 
um, whether the gender was of um, their kind of trainee, uh, the trainee's partner. And they were kind Mm. of like trying to work out if they were, I don't know, with another man or, you know, whatever. And um, it Mm. kind of, uh, for me, it kind of made me think a lot about the kind of relationship that you have or might have had as uh, with your supervisors, but also as supervisors, what kind of relationship you would have with your trainees. Because um, I actually had, uh, at my wedding, I had like three of my former supervisors. Like I got on quite well with some of them. Um, mm. So like, and talking about kind of, I, I'm someone who obviously talks about my family probably a bit too much, but you know, uh, I, quite, I quite like it. I, uh, I could talk for ages. Um, I was just kind of wondering like um, about that boundary and how you gauge it. And well, you know, what, you, what did you think about that stuff? I, yeah, I think it's it's difficult in this this day and age, as what especially to know where to necessarily draw a, a correct line. Um, mm. I think it's important that you know enough about your trainee to to be able to properly supervise them. It's like that line. The, the line should be pretty obvious between you being creepy <laughs> and <laughs> you trying to find out what people don't want to tell you versus yeah. trying to be polite and trying to find out. Having said that, not long before I came on to this, I was reading a tweet by Molly, one of the, the uh, medical students about becoming an F1, who went through a scenario as um, uh, a patient um, in a mock exam and nearly everyone assumed the gender of their partner, of her partner. Mm. And mm. it's not, um, it, it's quite, it can be quite a rude thing to do. Uh, so I think mm. you should make an effort to find out. But obviously, the person you're trying to find out from becomes visibly uncomfortable, mm. then that's, that's obviously when you should stop pretty much like anything. Good. That reminds me of a complete gaffe I made at Chelsea, Phil. Like, um, I remember I was, I was on call once, yeah. And then they asked me to scan this pregnant lady. And I thought, yeah, fine, you know, like, uh, you know, and they were really desperate. Can you please? And I'm like, I don't really do ob, ob scans. It's not what I do, not what I'm meant to be doing. But they said, can you please have a look? I said, all right, fine, I'll, I'll have a look. And then um, I, I, found, I found the patient and I brought them in and I had this daughter with them. And oh, that's so cute. So I kind of said hello to the daughter. And I, I was about to do the scan. And, and this lady said, look, do you mind if we just wait for my partner? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Are they going to be long? And they're like, no, no, they won't be long. Uh, just wait a few minutes. They're, they're almost here. And then this lady walked into the room and sat down. And I was still looking around, like, you know, and then she goes, Do you want to start the scan? I was like, why? I thought we were waiting for, for your partner. Oh. And then she was like, that is my partner. I was like, what? 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 No. Huh? I know. Oh, and then I was like, oh, just get rid of me. Cancel me. I'm done. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And then she was like, no, no, it's fine. Can we just do the scan? I was like, yeah, yeah. So I just did the scan. I just got out. I apologize. And I, I just left. But I, I guess it's my own problem, misconceptions, not understanding that. I don't know, is it probably a bit of a gaffe on my, on my side of things, but... You live and learn, don't you? Exactly, and hopefully there was no malice behind that. But when people start asking too many questions, don't you feel like, is there something behind that? Because I did mention to you guys, like, I I was unfortunately, you know, on the receiving end of sometimes what I felt was quite a racist behaviour. And I think, you know, one time my supervisor said to me, I need to ask you, I want to ask you something. And I, I was always pretty open about things. And I said, what do you want to ask me? And she goes, you just had a baby, didn't you? Like three months ago. I said, yeah, yeah. And she goes, right, right. So um, does your baby fast? Do you remember that? <laughs> and I just thought, like, what on earth are you talking about? I mean, my baby, can you imagine my baby fasting, what, 13 hours? Like, what? Planet? I mean, that shows so much pre like the misconception of like my pe- my people is it is that what I say that you yeah. stop crying it is haram <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> kind of bizarre bizarre situation isn't it you know honestly 
At least you can As give in, the baby water, though, right? So. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, you love yeah. that through show. You know <laughs> that, that kind of that craziness that someone could have to, towards towards children, and even think that someone's capable of being that crazy towards children is is a really uh, baffles me. Which brings us on to oh, um, yeah. an interesting nice. subject, a, a real real big hitter today. Did you see that? Oh, like we yeah. had it all set up. Yeah. We're all ready for the podcast. I think you're right. We've got the subjects down, and then boom. What do we see today? What was that? Oh man, I don't even know where to start. It's, it's, yeah, so That's a tweet a from shopper. Yeah, mm. I, I, I couldn't tell where it was, which I guess is probably for the best. But uh, so mm. uh, Session Qureshi uh, was talking about um, pediatrics and how um, there was a patient, so you know, a, a child and the parents. Uh, the, the child had metabolic syndrome and a quite difficult condition to treat. Who's frequently unwell, and the parents are racist essentially, and they would demand that they see. Uh, a white doctor uh, to a point where if the page, if the child became sick they'd phone phone ahead and be like um, we only you know find out who the doctors were around and would not come if they uh, if they were non-white and uh, it got to I think the the reason why it was particularly why I found it particularly upsetting was that the way it was kind of um, portrayed so it related to uh, as in they kind of relate it as if like this, they kind of accommodated for the safety of this child and how that was like a win. That was great because they accommodated mm. this difficult family by basically always ensuring that there was a white doctor around, but including like at one point, a white doctor who was not supposed to be working came from home to like help. I mean, where do you even start with the problems of that? It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, I mean, we've all been on that situation. We've all seen that situation where there's someone who comes in and refuses to see an ethnic doctor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good thing usually is that people don't entertain it. But we're talking from this tweet, what we understand is the clinical director said, we need to entertain this because it's about the safety of the, of the child first. That's what they did. And so it went all the way down. It was just the understanding that no matter what happens, only non-ethnic, when, when they say non-ethnic, they basically mean white, doctors can see this patient. And can you imagine what, what's going through the patient's parents' head? And they, oh no, our kid's sick. We, we've got to make sure that we see a white doctor first. What is that? What's going on here? What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, deep, deeply held, bigoted beliefs. Like, you just need to kind of call it out for what it is, don't you? Like, mm. I think what I find the, the most unbelievable is how the trust management seemingly responded to that to say, oh, yeah, that's fine because we want, and basically, I mean, you can say that the parents are basically holding that child hostage and saying mm. that unless you do what we want, um, then it's on you because mm. you, you know we won't see a non-white doctor, which is an absolutely unacceptable thing to do. Uh, what mm. I find the, the worst part of it is after a year of this charade, when they kind of finally realise that this isn't the right thing to do, and said mm. to the parents, "No, you've got to stop." It that, and I don't know whether that's the exact detail. The parents sort of went, "Yeah, okay, fair," <laughs> <laughs> which does kind of bring to the point where whether you should have done this and taken a yeah. much firmer line but what, to start with but like everyone who is part of that like can you imagine like you know if you're you're the nurse in charge or you know the doctors and then you walk around and say, oh no you won't do your I, hang on are you are you tanned are you are you black are you brown like what is it you need to tell me and then be like no i'm actually a brown person like, oh it's so close yeah. you would just look a little bit yeah. oh never mind and then making that phone call to your white colleague listen mate we've got yeah. a real situation i know you might be watching netflix but this is for the greater good we, yeah. need, we need you to come in because, you know, a, a child's life depends on it. We need a white saviour. 
We need we need that white savior. But then the thing is, Phil, I don't know, and, and Theresa, like, let's say you're in that trust, right? And you're you're training, or you've got a consultant job there, and then you heard that something like that was going down. How how likely is it that you would would make a fuss about it, like realistically? Isn't that what whistleblowing is for, basically? Yeah, in theory, this is what I'm trying to get at. In theory, it is there for a reason. But how many? I mean, this went on for a year. This mm. went on for a year, right? And this went through multiple people for a year, right? And then loads of people were part of it. So you would think that this kind of thing would be pulled up very, very quickly, you know. And I don't know what would happen. Like, let's say this patient was a brown person or a black person, and they said, "I only want to see black people." I only see a black doctor because I believe that that's the right thing to do, right? How do you think they'd entertain that? And how long do you think they'd entertain that for? And at some point, would anyone make a big fuss about that? Look, this is unacceptable. You can't be asking for a black doctor every time. That's not right. But then this way around, it seemed to be like, okay, well, well, we'll carry on for a year, and no one's kicked up a fuss, and you know, no one. And why is that? Is that because on some level we all we all kind of expected it? I'm not that surprised. Is that what what happened? If you work there, what do you guys think? I th- I think it's probably because uh, people uh, imagine that there's going to be a whole load of like paperwork and or just like mm. it's going to be like lots and lots of conversations and nothing will ever really happen. It'll be like you know like when you're on call and then you find mm. out like one of your colleagues is called in sick and you're like okay mm. uh, better call call for locums and you know that it's not going to happen. You know they're mm. never going to get a locum yeah. in time and mm. you're like well. Oh, what and then you just have to just keep scribbling, you just scribble more, just write faster, just write faster, mm. because, uh, but you go, oh, let's, yeah, you call this person, you call, and you're like sending out WhatsApps, and you know they'll all leave you unread, and then none of them will turn mm. up, it's the same thing, it's the same thing, yeah. like, so this, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll complain to this person, you'll send this, oh, yeah, you should do a date, oh, you'll date it, okay, oh, that was really mm. bad, wasn't it, oh, yeah, you should do this, and then nothing really, like, comes of it, like, oh, okay, oh, Well, I think the yeah. most bizarre part of it is the way they held that up, it's kind of exemplary test. Yeah, I know, that's if you did stuff like that, why would you show people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as if, like, this is a good thing. Like, we did great yeah, here, guys. Oh, we did man. really well. Absolutely. Doesn't it show how ingrained or how, like, mental... It just uh, doesn't make any sense. But have you guys encountered that kind of over racism from patients? And how, have you, how do you deal with it? Because obviously there's this whole customer's always right type thing, right? Mm, how I, do you... Um, at the same hospital that Imran and I worked at, I once had a complaint directed. Um, at me and another registrar, and um, we wound up having to go to a local resolution meeting. Went oh, wow. and met with this this family um, who, I mean, they they were obviously very angry and very shocked by this this gentleman who unfortunately died very suddenly. Uh, sorry, this lady who died very suddenly. And uh, one of their complaints is they couldn't hear, they couldn't understand a single word the foreign registrar was saying. So um, we went to this meeting and I said kind of very clearly, well, I'm very sorry you couldn't understand me. And the man just said, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And then he pointed at the Scottish cardiology registrar. (laughs) (laughs) So it was her. I was like, she's she's just from Glasgow. That's just the way they speak. This is, that's fine. Oh, man. That's so terrible. Honestly, just only certain accents will do now. It just, where does it stop? But, you know, having said that, like, I know of, I mean, there's only something to say, but I know of a distant family friend who's very, very well off. And they'll come across to the UK to get their treatments in Harley Street. And every time they go to Harley Street and let's say someone like me turns up, they're like, no, I'm not paying to see the guy that I can see back in my place, yeah? I, I want, I want, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and they're one. very open about it. They're, yeah, I want a white name. 
I'm, I'm sorry, but I want a white name. And they're like, and that social currency, you know, there, there's a currency in that, you know, and I think that does exist. Like, I know that when I go abroad, uh, you know, like, unless I, this is why I think I had a conversation with someone earlier and they were saying like, um, if you weren't a doctor, would you still keep the, if you weren't practicing doctor, would you not keep the, would you drop the DR from your first name? And I was like, dude, that's the only thing I've got going for my, me these days. Like, <laughs> if I don't have that, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just not the brown guy walking into like a different country. I, I'm completely screwed. <laughs> oh man, honestly. Yeah, I, I do find that there's still a social currency in that. And I think people really, really do um, sometimes pine for that and I, I don't understand I mean I do understand that the whole thing is a lot to do with colonialism and we actually picked up on that with um, that Coyote episode not so long ago um, yeah man this, it's been a crazy week hasn't it should we um, should we move should we move on to oh do Russell yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. Russell has very kindly um, you know given us another voice note to go through so I'm going to play it through the through the microphone and we can all have a listen and then reply with our thoughts to what Russell said so uh, here we go everyone Hi boys, it's your friendly neighbourhood uh, casualty officer Russell here. Um, also hello to any unexpected guests who the term boys doesn't apply to. Um, just before I recorded this voice note, we had a sort of chat on the Twitters about um, the FY1 twat box. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who is unfamiliar with the twat box, it is a clipboard that also has like a little box attached to it so you can open it up and store... Um, sort of paper notes like continuation sheets and um, scan request forms and blood request forms and sort of, I guess like snacks and tourniquets and blood bottles and whatever else you want there. Um, I had one as an FY1. Um, I was a twat box holder and very proud of it. I used to get my water done in record time um, and have all my scan requests done in real time, ready to go down to radiology uh, for, and, um, I guess, me to tell him around that my uh, my consultant wants it and he should just sign a form. Um, that, that wasn't me, it might have been me, it's not clear. Um, but I thought I'd ask what kind of uh, cringeworthy um, pieces of attire have you come across in colleagues? Um, I've definitely met a couple of colleagues, uh, both as a student and since qualifying, who have a tool belt. Um, sort of like a Batman utility belt, but with Sounds awesome. tuning forks and uh, tent hammers and other such... Niche equipment in them. That sounds um, great. Not even neurologists, just like F1s <laughs> making sure they can do a full neuro exam at the drop of a hat. Um, yeah, there's some interesting colleagues out there who, who sport some interesting pieces of kit. Um, what sort of things have you come across? Have a good podcast. Love you. Bye. Such a lovely voice. Yeah. Phil, you never heard his voice before, is that correct? No, I, not until not until I heard it through the podcast. And that is soothing. That is soothing. It is soothing, isn't that, it? Yeah, if it's I was a soothing. microbiologist being told that they're giving augmenting for, I don't know, pseudomonas, <laughs> that, that would soothe me. That would soothe me. Yeah. Um, you said it like that. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really okay. is. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Phil, you, you've, uh, I mean, you did more work, ward work than me. You've had a few F1s over your time and juniors I mean, and stuff. I, what have I you have, seen? I have a series of embarrassing confessions. Hopefully here. not uh, me. Please don't. Yeah. So yeah. I'm mean, fine. Yeah, mostly, mostly actually around me. So I, I had a twat box very recently um, <laughs> when I started doing frailty um, assessments on, on Oh, AU. wow. And um, okay. this was back just before we transitioned to uh, EPR. So mm. no more twat box because don't have to write anything anymore. But the, the in, internals of the box held a lot of KY jelly because, uh, that, and gloves. <laughs> no, need, that was, no need to that explain anymore. That's fine. No need to explain anymore. <laughs> uh, but I also, and this is the worst bit. So uh, when I was a house officer, 
I worked at um, uh, Ealing Hospital in, in West London. I don't know why that's not relevant, but anyway, I used to have a folder with all the forms in it, and it was a green folder, and it oh god, it was embossed in the front in gold, Imperial College. Oh, oh wow! Wow! wow. So Did so no bad. one slap you? Wow, of course, that's so incredible. I mean, <laughs> I spent more time in the first two weeks looking for that goddamn folder <laughs> than the saving. So after two weeks, I just abandoned it. Because, like, you know what? You can find all the forms in every single ward. Like, mm. okay, you need to keep a stash of, like, the really weird ones, like nuclear medicine or, mm. um, like, pet scans or whatever. But, yeah, mm. but it doesn't save you that much time. I did once see someone, I think it was when I was on my elective in Canada, who had a stethoscope holster that was mm. like quick draw. Like, so you can just what? reach down and just what? put it out. That's, nice. that's pretty wild. Um, wow. And of course, the ICU lot had that, um, the utility vest thing going for a while, didn't they? Oh, I don't remember that. What? Yeah, I don't really go down there very often, but do they? That's crazy. Yeah, so like, think, a bat, like a Batman suit or something. So what do they have on there? Like propofol and ketamine? I think <laughs> Abby Aoife, uh, the ICU consultant on, on Twitter, um, she she was seen sporting one on, on hospital. Um, wow. And it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know what? I, I, I kind of like it. It gives you more pockets. <laughs> yeah. I think it needs more colour, but otherwise I think, yeah. But bum bags, that's the other, that's the other big yeah, one, isn't it? Lots of people have bum, bum bags. bags. A lot, yeah. 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 Um, I think we, we had um, we had some guy that turned up with a bum bag and I, I did ask him what was in it and he, it turned out he had a whole load of biscuits and this was not uh, long after that email where they said, well, it, it's not long after the email where they said, you know, biscuits are patient, you know, property and anyone seen with biscuits could get done for it. And I thought, man, contraband. You got wow, that's crazy, man. You you're living on the edge. You've got a stash of them, and he was like, "What biscuits do you want, boys? That's, that's Put your cold. hands in. Take what you want. Take what you want." It was <laughs> follow the biscuits. Follow the biscuits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that follow wasn't the me. biscuits. That wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. He probably, like, he probably had a hole in the bum bag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Balance all the party rings in it. Yeah, no. yeah exactly. No, but didn't you wear a didn't you wear a uh, waistcoat through shirt for, for a while? Is I that loved correct? It. Yeah. I, it was only on Wednesdays. It was a waistcoat Wednesday thing. What? Um, oh really? I, was it actually? I was terrible. Okay. Yeah, so I was I was I was cringe. No, I mean the waistcoat Wednesday thing was something that I wanted people to ca- catch on with, but nobody <laughs> did. It was just me. Um, but I did. I had I had the uh, twat box, but I only had it for a day because I wanted to be organised. I had it for a day and I lost it, so then I didn't have that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a man bag, and people mm. made fun of me. But I was like, no, but it's a G Star one, and I was like, G Star, you know, means gangster. So no, of course, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, and. Um, so I had that, and yeah, I wore waistcoats. I didn't quite, and the aim, I always thought in my head, like, oh, you know, one day I will be a consultant who kind of rocks the bow tie, but I just don't think. Oh, no. Oh, you know what? No. The day that happens, we're stopping this podcast. Forget that, Trusha. <laughs> you know, I've realised now, because that was before, like, I thought for a while, I thought I was going to do, I don't I know what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a surgeon and stuff. But now, like, I'll just wear a thyroid co- cover. That's what, like, interventional cardiologists do. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that is on brand. But, you know, all these bum bags are going missing. Like, where do you think they go? Is it like when you lose? socks on the washing machine they just seem to disappear <laughs> and there's actually like a stash of bum bags like sitting somewhere in some ward my, or somewhere in the corner of the mess room i think all the <laughs> ere and the, the kind of various hospital <laughs> bugs just kind of pull them off into the walls slowly and they feed on them yeah just feed on the know. nylon I think it's wives. I'm sure Joe probably found mine and then threw it in the bin. I reckon wives yeah. Yeah. just quickly yeah. just going and just like... Buried it in the garden. 
I mean, maybe we should try and get get Waste Cult Wednesdays going again. We should! Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. No, Phil, Phil, don't say that just to tease me, okay? Because I'm easily... I've been let down before, you know. There's I many people fleece, who said... I have a fleece gile. I mean, does that count okay. or...? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anything goes. Yeah, yeah let's do it. I'll tell you what, Theresa, if this makes you happy, I will tweet a picture of myself wearing on a, a waistcoat on a Wednesday oh. for you. I will do that. The slight caveat is, though, I work from home on Wednesday, so this is going to oh. fit in quite nicely, isn't it? <laughs> oh, so here we go. Yeah, if you just invite his wife in the background saying, take it off! Yeah, exactly. She'd be like, I'm sorry, but there is no way you're tweeting that. I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to get on top of your tweeting now. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phil, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Yeah, I will. I will. I mean, to be honest, like the weather's pretty hot at the moment, so it might get a bit yeah. sweaty, but yeah. hey, you know. For the photo. For the yeah, photo. For the photo. I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. It'd mean a lot to me. I've, I've been left hanging so many times before. I'd love, yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> there you go. You're cool. a trendsetter now, Therusha. You're a trendsetter. Yeah. There you Finally. go. Well done, man. Finally, my time has come. Yeah, there you go. We've been waiting for a long time. Follow through, so, um, Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think that brings us to uh, the whole hour. So, Phil, um, it has been a while coming, and I know we did work together for a while, and it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you uh, once again and sort of re reconnect, you know, because um, I didn't... You know what? It was strange because... You know, to me, you, you was Phil, and then suddenly someone said, "Oh, you know, Phil Lee's got quite a big following," and I was like, "He does? That's just Phil <laughs> Lee." Like, yeah. What's, what's he done now? <laughs> yeah, well, because well, you know, I remember you were quite active on Facebook. You know, I remember you added me on Facebook. We added each other on Facebook yep. very, very quickly, yep. and you used to talk about that fear. And then you had like a had yeah, you used to have a light. Did you have a little light that you put on top of the car? Do you remember this? Or if I, I remember this incorrectly? Absolutely deny everything. Yes. Oh, you, you deny that okay so the, there was no there was no kind of police style light that phil used to have that there was no green flashing light that i used to have on my car that's just a, a figment oh, of your imagination wow. yeah i don't know I'm where the come from phil <laughs> oh dear we might have to bring you back and really delve into some of the goings on of where we used to work together and really expose phil for what he really is yeah uh, he, he was a very popular registrar um we used to we used to love uh, people used to come to me and say you know what i wish i was on your your firm because you get to work with Phil, and I was like, dude, I hate war drafts. I don't care who I work with. I, I'm not, <laughs> it's just, it's I all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah. I mean, when I told uh, Joe that Russell was coming on, she was really excited. But like, uh, when I told uh, that um, Phil he was coming on, she was like, oh, I know who that is. Oh my god, he's coming on. How did you get him? On? She was like, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> like, she needed, I just made her a cup of tea. She nearly like she was visibly excited. Like, oh my god. So uh, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. She's actually just around the corner. So, oh, <laughs> honestly, it was so funny. We made the WhatsApp group through. She was like, oh, what should we call you? And I was like, it's Phil, man. You don't call him anything. And you were like, call me my liege. And I was yeah. like, Phil, you probably shouldn't joke because he will actually call, call me my liege. My liege. <laughs> my liege. You will always be, forever be known. Anyway, thank cool. you so much, Phil. No, um, you're welcome. I hope I didn't disappoint. No, 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 you not have not. All. And we should probably have you on again. I'm sure we'll have yeah. another public campaign uh, tweeting and retweeting to get you back on, I'm sure. It would I'm be sure. a pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, exactly. And for those of you that are listening, you've probably heard Phil's voice for the first time. There yeah. you go. Yeah. That's what he sounds like. There you go. That's what <laughs> Phil sounds like. I hope it didn't disappoint. As always, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this entire journey. Um, have a great week. Um, see you all soon. All right, then. All right. Bye. 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 And you've been listening to Two Medics and One Mic with Imran Lasker and Therusha Gawadna. Thank you for listening.